This episode of the E-Design It podcast is brought to you by Microchip. Adopt SIC with ease, speed, and confidence. All right, guys, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here to talk power with Rob Weber. He is the product line director of the Silicon Carbide business unit over at Microchip. So we are going to talk all things power as well as uh, what was going on over at APEC. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Nicolette. Why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing over at Microchip? Sure. So as you noted, I'm the product line director for the silicon carbide business unit, and I have responsibility for our silicon carbide die discrete modules and gate drivers. And a microchip, it's for us all about the system. So mm -hmm. really bringing all those components of silicon carbide together, including the gate drive. So we're focused on power today. Can we right. start by discussing some significant trends in the industry? Yeah. So really, we are seeing the electrification of everything. And that electrification is requiring a need for higher levels of power fidelity. Some of the key markets, some of the big markets we're really all familiar with, of course, are electric vehicles and the explosive mm -hmm. growth of EVs. Mm -hmm. But then there's everything surrounding the EV that's also pretty crucial for the infrastructure, like EV charging, and then mm -hmm. the impact that charging has on the grid right. and the need to improve the smart grid and then improving new ways to get sustainable energy to power all this through solar, wind, and other methods. So we're really seeing a, an entire revolution in electricity and power and the way power is created, distributed, and ultimately consumed with e-mobility being not the only, but a primary driver uh, mm -hmm. of, of that direction. So is is rapid charging one of the big things there? You talked about you know autonomous vehicles. That's that's probably the biggest thing I would think people are looking at. Yeah, it really is. And it's huge. And as you see, you know, EV, what are some of the reasons why electric vehicles haven't, let's say, adopted even mm -hmm. more quickly than they have in the past? Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with the infrastructure. So you've right. got this chicken and an egg, right? For people to adopt EVs, they want to know that they can get to the next place to charge their cars. Right. So these are both emerging. And then there's government funding in the U.S. around the world to fund out the infrastructure for EV charging. And the move to fast EV charging, as you noted as well, particularly as you move from 400 volt to 800 volt bus systems in the car, mm -hmm. that's moving to the next and, and, and pushing that generation of fast EV charging. Is it going slower than expected? Is that a joke? Is that, is that <laughs> an awful question? question. <laughs> it is a really good question. It is a really good question. Is it going slower than expected? Probably not, but it's not going fast enough. Yeah. So um, it needs to, I mean, it needs to kick into another gear for uh, free EV charging infrastructure to be built out. Mm -hmm. and, and it's happening, you know, with government funding supporting that particularly. Right. Now, what was uh, going on over at APEC? APEC was just a few weeks ago. I know Microchip had a really big presence there. You guys were showing off a lot of stuff, um, which I'd like to get into in a moment. But, sure. you know, what do you think that, you know, the key takeaways for the industry were from that show this year? There's always some big takeaway, I feel like, when, when you leave a show. Yeah, it, that, that's right. So I would say that, you know, the biggest takeaway, and it relates back again to power, APEC mm -hmm. is a power show, yep. has to do with this mm -hmm. transition in the, in the industry to what's called wide band gap. Okay. And basically it's this conversion over from the historic silicon based power conversion material, just mm -hmm. basic silicon, 
to the silicon carbide and GAN, two primary wideband gap materials. This transition has been happening really over the last six, seven years. Mm -hmm. I would say it's now a case today mm -hmm. where there was nowhere you went at the show where there wasn't some mention of wideband gap, the category, and primarily within that silicon carbide and gallium nitride as the new materials for, for power conversion. It was it was the absolute clear takeaway from the show. Nice. Now you guys were um, you guys were showing off a ton of demos there, right? It, was there anything that stood out that you want to tell us about? Sure. Yeah. So we had a had a number of demos, following through on that theme of wide band gap uh, and silicon carbide, the, the business unit also I'm primarily responsible mm -hmm. for. Uh, we showed um, a simulator tool that we introduced, the MP Lab Sick Power Simulator. And that's a tool for engineers to be able to start to model the uh, use of wideband gap products, silicon carbide primarily, uh, in their applications. And, and this has become important, and we saw it a lot in other places and, and, and all of our competitors and, and others, because it's a new material and it, has a, and it requires a new way of thinking about design. Right. So tools like that, simulators like that are important. Uh, further reference designs and evaluation uh, packages. So we had a reference design for an electronic fuse or an e-fuse that mm -hmm. goes into electric vehicles. Another important demo that we showed. Uh, but it's not just about wide band gap. We showed uh, a new power over ethernet or POE outdoor switch mm -hmm. uh, right. to add advanced network and security features for outdoor applications. Uh, so another sort of key element of some of the things that we showed um, at at, uh, at APEC. SIC is a highly discussed topic at Microchip. Can you provide some insight into the company's development in the SIC technology and its place in expanding the world's power electronics? Yeah, thank you, Brian. Yeah, that's that's a great question. One, one of course, we love to answer. Yeah. Um, so our heritage, Microchip's heritage in silicon carbide, goes back 20 years. Uh, we were one of the early innovators in silicon carbide uh, through a company called APT that we had acquired uh, as part of the MicroSemi acquisition five years ago. So we've been a pioneer, we've been a participant, uh, we've been providing silicon carbide in very high reliability and rugged applications, a lot mm -hmm. of aerospace, defense, high, high uh, uh, reliability required industrial applications. So that's really a big part of our heritage and, and, and where we came from into this. Um, when Microchip acquired Microsemi about five years ago, all that heritage came. Uh, Microchip acquired um, a company that I was running called Agile Switch, so with gate drivers. And the idea was to put together a full solution for customers. And we have really three main principles that we follow. We're trying to help our customers adopt silicon carbide with ease, speed, and confidence. Um, and if, if you'd like, I can go into each of what. Yeah, what that we, would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for ease, we have focused on ruggedness and reliability as primary elements of everything we do for our products. And the idea is that if we make the product rugged enough, then customers won't have to design in uh, redundancy that they mm -hmm. might do otherwise mm -hmm. with uh, with alternative, less rugged products. That helps them. Uh, e ease their design, their design can go faster, easier, uh, less expensive use, using fewer components. Mm -hmm. Second is we focus on speed. Mm -hmm. 
We do that through offering gate drivers and other microchip solutions, controllers otherwise, that uh, really we're in a unique position to do. So when we sit down with an engineer, we can come help solve the whole circuit problem, not just one piece of it. Right. And the last piece of the puzzle, and this is one that has become especially crucial as silicon carbide has been taking off, mm -hmm. is confidence. Confidence in the supply. Microchip as a company, very stable company, profitable every quarter for the last 30 years. We've established multiple sources of supply within our ability to supply. So we have multiple uh, epi wafer sources. We have our own fab as well as a third-party fab that we use for fabrication. We've got multiple sources, both internal and external for packaging. So we essentially bring multi-source capability to our customers by handling all that internally. And that's something very unique that, that we bring to the table that we don't see, see elsewhere. But again, an important element for our customers so that they can move into this new generation of material mm -hmm. with uh, comfort that they're doing it with a supplier that will be here for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Now, and now, more. You, now you also offer just not just components, you offer modules, right? Like SIC modules also, That's correct? Right. That's exactly right. So we offer everything from the die for customers mm -hmm. who want to create their own discrete or module packages. We offer the discrete packages, one of the broadest ranges. We also offer one of the widest ranges of voltage classes from mm -hmm. 700 volt to 3.3 kV. Right. So it makes us unique. And then to your point, modules. We've had uh, module capability for a number of years. We have both industry standard, mm -hmm. custom, and we really are one of the few companies that will configure a module right. specific to a customer need. So are there any essential design techniques for the SIC modules that we can discuss? Sure. Yeah, so for modules, one of the key elements there is um, being able to parallel the die within a module. And uh, that's something that we've invested very heavily ourselves in really trying to understand. Uh, if you don't do that, you don't do that sort of internal design within the module correctly, mm -hmm. you could end up with ringing, you could end up with a lot of other sort of serious uh, issues that emerge, particularly as silicon carbide operates at much faster right. switching frequencies. So uh, that's been a key element that, uh, that we've really focused heavily on in how do you optimize the, the die layout within the module? Mm -hmm. And then how do you optimize module to module interaction as well through, through gate drives? And those are two areas that we focus on and that we really encourage our customers to, to put that extra level of attention onto that they didn't have to do quite as dramatically, let's say with the standard silicon approach that they've been using for many years. You know, we've heard for a while now that engineers are hesitant sometimes to switch over to the SIC. You know, maybe it's just lack of familiarity. Yeah. You know, so I guess, what do you think that that hesitancy is and what advice do you have for them? Sure. Yeah. So, look, silicon-based IGBTs have been around for 25, 30 years. And people have really learned how to work with these devices. Um, and they've developed a lot of comfort around how to design, how to test, reliability, right? Everything that, that, that they've done. Now, here comes silicon carbide. It can switch faster. It, uh, it can operate at higher temperatures, higher frequencies. It, it's created a whole new world for them that, that's created a, a level of discomfort, which is understandable. So, um, and also- but isn't more that better, Rob? I mean, isn't that better? Wouldn't you think that that's better? Yeah, it is better. It is better. 
But also, if you took somebody who's been, let's say, driving their whole life and they're driving, <laughs> yeah. driving a, uh, yeah. a passenger car and you put them on the racetrack with a, <laughs> uh, a souped up Ferrari, mm -hmm. they're going to be cautious mm -hmm. as they right. make those, those initial okay. turns. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People just don't like change in general. You know, that's, that's, that's really it. Really and, it. And, and power, that's especially true. Right. Mm -hmm. Power is and, and look, rightfully mm -hmm. so. We're dealing with hundreds thousands of volts sometimes right. hundreds and, and thousands of amps right so mm -hmm. you know this is you, you can't make a mistake in, in power right. because mm -hmm. things right. can go bad really fast so there's so, a level of skepticism and caution mm -hmm. right. in the approach mm -hmm. here um yeah one of the things that we find is though what people do is they try and take the silicon carbide device mm -hmm. and put it in the same design that they did for their right. silicon based product mm -hmm. that usually does not work very well uh, and then, why is why is that? So um, so one example would be let's say the way the devices are controlled, the way they're turned on and off. Okay. For for a silicon based IGBT, uh, that silicon IGBT device could handle let's say a short circuit condition actually better in some ways than silicon carbide. So they initially go in saying oh it'll work the same way, mm -hmm. then they turn it on with that drop in and the thing goes smoke out. <laughs> So, right. um, you know, they need to learn, okay, wait a minute, we're going to get some of these benefits from the faster switching, but now we've got to look out for some of these other things, which maybe aren't quite as robust or the same as we're used mm -hmm. to for, for mm -hmm. a silicon-based IGPT, like short circuit, like what's right. called avalanche, where the device could start to go into this rapid short circuit condition. These right. are things that also we take care of in our products and, and in design, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't big education process still going on for right. silicon so when engineers are first switching is their biggest question always around reliability is that the biggest question um it really is right because there isn't as long a history uh with silicon carbide as there is with silicon right. they really i mean it starts with um how reliable mm -hmm. What kind of data do you have demonstrating your reliability, your fit rates? Um, what type of testing, qualification have you done? The level of qualification and the standard of qualification have have increased over time, and we're really being put to the put to the test as well to have you know highly qualified products and and to produce those reports and to share those with customers. You know. Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember speaking to one of your colleagues over at Microchip and we were talking about how, um, you know, when we were having all those shortages and how right. great it was for you guys to, you know, be able to whip out these devices, uh, you know, so quickly. Um, but I, I, the message I was getting there was that a lot of engineers and, and other companies in general just don't know that you guys do this. You know, it, it's... It's kind of like uh, they just don't know. Not that you know. Not that there's anything good, bad, and different. It's just they just don't have that awareness. Is that is that the case? Yeah. So what we're seeing as as the markets emerged, um, mm -hmm. regard to awareness, um, a lot of awareness for micro semi, but not necessarily for microchip. Okay. So we've had to uh, bring a lot of engineers up to speed on the fact that microchip acquired micro semi, and that heritage of silicon carbide mm -hmm. came along. A lot of times when I explain that, I get a, ah. There you go. Yeah, I just did it too. Right. goes off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's, that's definitely helped a lot. But you also raised another question, which is about um, our availability. Why mm -hmm. is it that we've got availability in a constrained market? 
And um, a lot of that has come from the fact that we've adopted this multi-source supply of the basic epi wafer mm -hmm. and that we've established two fabs for production. Mm -hmm. And that's given us a bit of a, uh, you know, of a, of a hedge um, on the uh, availability that perhaps uh, others have not uh, have not built into their systems. Mm -hmm. right. So that's also been a big plus for us and and a big plus for our customers. Yeah. Um, it seems like something we should definitely be bragging about right now. So. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, Rob, before we let you go, is there anything else about power we should be talking about that we didn't ask you about that you think is really important? Um, so I think some of it is, uh, you know, where is it going and is it mm -hmm. only the electric car? Because mm -hmm. A lot of times when you get into these discussions about why band gap silicon carbide in particular, you know, people know about some of the more famous electric cars that are based on silicon carbide and, mm -hmm. and, you know, is it just the car? And the answer is, it is not just the car. It is the entire grid infrastructure, it's renewable energy, it's industrial equipment. Um, so it really is finding its way into a lot of homes. And also, it's not just about silicon carbide. Uh, we at Microchip have focused on silicon carbide, but there's also gallium nitride, another right. important uh, material. And you're seeing those in wall chargers and some other, let's say, lower voltage applications. Mm -hmm. But the takeaway is wideband gap is here. It's here to stay. And it's, uh, it's likely to take over from silicon before the end of this uh, decade, certainly. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for joining us. This was fun and, and very informative. Rob, tell us where we could find out more on microchip and power. Sure. So um, if you come to our website, of course, microchip.com. And uh, if you're looking specifically for silicon carbide, just add a slash and the letters SIC, and that'll take you right to uh, our microchip.com slash SIC webpage.